Welcome, beautiful people, to Camp Koji. My name is Joel, and thank you for joining me as I break down the biggest gaming news from the week that was on the only podcast you will ever need. On today's episode, we're actually only going to be talking about PlayStation. That was pretty much the big news last week, so I thought it would probably be a good idea to just make the entire episode just about Sony and PlayStation. Um, They had another state of play last week. We're going to start off the show with talking about the biggest piece of news that came out last week, which is the Marvel Avengers Spider-Man exclusivity. So last week, Crystal Dynamics announced that Spider-Man will be a free post-launch DLC character for Marvel's Avengers, but only for PlayStation owners in early 2021. Now, We've known that Square Enix and PlayStation entered into sort of a little bit of a light partnership when it came to Marvel's Avengers. Um, you know, PlayStation has access to the beta currently. So if you're a PlayStation owner, you can play the beta right now. Whereas Xbox owners, I think, have to wait a few more days. And then I think PC is next week, if I'm not mistaken, or next week it turns into an open beta. I can't 100% remember it. Um, but obviously, Sony uh, would have paid for that advantage in order to have the beta a week early. But um, th- this is a, you know, it, it kind of took over the uh, conversation for a few days when it dropped last week for a you know a few reasons there was a lot of confusion in terms of how is something like this even possible you know i i honestly can't remember um i would have to really stop and think about it to remember the last time that a multi-platform platform game had this strong of an exclusive you know to the point where you know at the end of the day if you own both consoles and you had already made a decision to pick this game up i literally see zero reason as to why you would pick it pick it up for anything other than the playstation now a lot of people started focusing on xbox but you know at the end of the day this also does affect pc players you know because um you're also not getting access to to spider-man you know at the end of the day spider-man is marvel's most popular character by a mile he's the most well-known character that marvel has on their stable and Obviously, when this came up, a lot of people started speculating, you know, how much control does PlayStation actually have over this character in video games? And it's actually zero. You know, there's a a bit of a misconception because of the fact that, um, you know, uh, the the Spider-Man video game that was made by Insomniac was exclusive to PlayStation. We know that Spider-Man Miles Morales will also be exclusive to PlayStation. That's probably going to continue for quite some time if there's a sequel it's probably gonna you know most likely it's only going to be on playstation 5 um but that's really more attached to insomniac as the developer of the game uh what we what we now know when it came to that spider-man deal was that marvel approached insomniac with a question of if you can make a, a game with a marvel character who would you pick Insomniac said they would love to do a Spider-Man game, and that's really where that that came from. And then you have the very, very strong relationship between Insomniac and and PlayStation. So I'm sure that when Insomniac was approached with that opportunity, they went to PlayStation first in order for PlayStation to to, to put up the money in order to make Spider-Man exclusive to uh, PlayStation 4. And then obviously now we know that PlayStation uh, bought Insomniac, the studio, so that's probably going to be something that's on the PlayStation for quite some time. Um, But make no mistake, PlayStation does not have 
any sort of exclusivity deal with Marvel when it comes to Spider-Man in the video game medium. A lot of people have been confused in terms of thinking that uh, PlayStation has kind of the the you know the last call when it comes to where Spider-Man can appear in a video game, and that's absolutely false. Unless there's some sort of backdoor deal that Marvel and PlayStation made um, that for whatever reason they've chosen to not make public, which would make zero cent. Um, this is just not possible. You know, we, we've seen Spider-Man show up in, you know, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. That was exclusive to Nintendo Switch. We've seen Spider-Man in multiple, um, Lego Marvel games, you know, even cell phone games, for example. So, um, I definitely don't think that, uh, Sony has that much control. Um, this really just comes down, uh, to money, pretty much. This really just comes down to money. Uh, it's very obvious that Sony approached Crystal Dynamics and started a conversation. And um, I think that conversation, you know, probably escalated very, very uh, quickly in, in terms, excuse me, not approaching Crystal Dynamics, but actually, you know, approaching Square Enix was probably the people that had to make the decision since they're the publisher. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it it really just sounds like Sony made them an offer that they just couldn't refuse because look at the end of the day um i don't like exclusives i've always hated them i don't like console exclusives you know i think they're 100 anti-consumer across the board um but this is just kind of like a a, a whole nother step you know uh i like i said i look at it as as a gamer i hate it but as you know a business decision, it's just ingenious. You know, whatever money that uh, Sony paid for this is is absolutely worth it. You know, it doesn't even matter what the amount is um, because you're, you're, you're actually doing a, a, a few things. You're not only just locking a character out of, um, uh, you know, your, your competition, but um, you're, you're strengthening the relationship between Marvel's biggest, you know, comic book character, um, which is is something that is that type of brand recognition is very very important, um, and is very very key for Sony. It's something that Sony has been doing for a while. Even when we think about the PlayStation Three font, you know, using the Spider Man font from the movie, for example, you know, they've been creating this relationship for quite some time. But you know. This was a, a decision from Square Enix. This was not a PlayStation decision. Sony did not show up to, to, to you know, they, they didn't get on a phone call with Square Enix and strong arm them and tell them, hey, guess what? Spider-Man can only be on PlayStation. You know, that's not what happened. Um, you know, this is an anti-consumer decision. You know, if you're, if you're Square Enix, you know, at the end of the day, I think that conversation probably started with, well, this is kind of bad, you know, Um you know, because I'm selling the same exact game on three different um, platforms, but two of those platforms, I'm telling them you do not have access to this entire character. You do not have access to any of these missions. As far as we know, this is not a timed exclusive. If it was, it would have been announced as a timed exclusive. Um, I'm sure a deal like this maybe does have some sort of time limit to it, but I'm sure that Sony will pay whatever they need to 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 never allow this character to leave PlayStation ever. And, you know, when I think of the, the amount of money, it must have been 
you know, fuck them kids money. That's really what it is. You know, at the end of the day, that's, that's really what this stinks of, you know, it's Squee Enix saying, yeah, I don't really care if you hate this decision at the end of the day, it's profit. That's really it. You know, this type of decision is profit over customer service. It, it just, there's no other way to put it and they can try to spin it whichever way they they want to but they it's it's just impossible to have a PR positive spin on a move like this because you know Square Enix could have easily told Sony no you know give us this amount of money and we'll give you an exclusive Spider-Man skin we'll give you exclusive Spider-Man missions but we can't give you the entire character and that's obviously not the way the decision went and that's what makes me feel like it must have been like you know, studio changing money. Like this must have been a, they must have cut them a really, really large check to do something like this because you would have, everyone would have been happy. Like if you would have told Sony, Hey, you know, that suit that you guys created for the Spider-Man game with the big white spider, you guys are going to be able to get that, that, that suit exclusive along with, you know, four others or whatever. Right. Um, you guys will be able to get an exclusive Spider-Man mission or, or, or whatever. Um, you know, you would have kept all platforms happy in that way. But to, to, to just lock out the characters is crazy. You know, I was thinking about the last time that I can remember something like this happening. Um, it was probably Soul Calibur 2, I remember, where uh, Xbox had Spawn. PlayStation, I think, had Hihachi. And, um, you know, Nintendo had Link. And I remember hearing about these exclusive characters. I remember telling myself, there's absolutely no way I'm not going to buy this game on GameCube. There's, it's just, there's no way. You're telling me that you're putting Link into a fighting game and I'm going to, you know, choose Spawn or Heihachi? No, nah, it, it's just, it's not going to happen. And at that point I had, I, I, I owned all three systems. There was no way I was not going to buy that game on GameCube. I, it was just too huge of a character to miss. And that's exactly how this feels. You know, if if you're a person that was thinking about picking up this game, there's just absolutely no reason why you would pick it up on any other consoles. The only thing that will probably stop you from doing that would be if all, you know, the friends that you planned on playing with all only own Xbox or all only have PCs because this game is not launching with crossplay another uh, huge win for for PlayStation because now you fragment your player base even more, you know, um, in terms of forcing them to choose Spider, you know, you're choosing Spider-Man over your own friends, I think at this point. And, you know, honestly, like I said, it's just, it's just too big of a character to ignore. And there's just no way that um, Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix can spin this into positive PR. But uh, Crystal Dynamics co-head Scott Amos tried in an interview with comicbook.com. He said just the most asinine BS excuse for making his character exclusive. He said, quote, so the beauty of Spider-Man and what Spider-Man represents as a character 
and as a world is, again, it comes back to a relationship with PlayStation and Marvel. We happen to be, once you can execute and deliver when it comes down to choices of where and what Spider-Man can be, that's a relationship question that PlayStation absolutely has the rights to. That, As you guys know, with Sony's ownership there and Marvel with Sony saying, hey, this is something we can do. This is something we can do on this platform. Um, you know, I, I mean, it, it, it's just like diarrhea of the mouth is what I said when I when I kind of read that quote. Obviously, this guy did not prepare for that question. I don't understand why you wouldn't prepare for it. Um, and he gave a completely unprepared answer. And, and it's it's almost like putting all the pressure back on PlayStation in a sense without essentially saying like, hey, you know what? You don't like this. Go, go talk to PlayStation. Because he's, he's sort of like passing the buck to Marvel and PlayStation, whatever previous relationship that they've had in terms of, you know, for him to say, hey, this is something we can do. This is something we can do on this platform it's 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 bs this all came down to money you took the money it's just you know it it just it is what it is you continue by saying and so what we do as creators is say this is an opportunity that we can make something unique and fun and awesome that we all you just talked about black widow and to be able to have that experience so we love the idea of being able to bring this character to the playstation players just once again absolute bullshit response (laughs) just completely hiding you know, um, from the question and the core of the question, which is why, why would you guys do this? And it's, it's, I mean, the answer is very obvious. It's, it all comes down to money. And he ended it by saying, but I really do think people will look at this and say, yeah, okay, we get that. We can understand the business behind that. But in general, we're making this game for everybody. It's bullshit. You're not, you're not making this game for everybody. When you choose to lock, um, the, like I said, the biggest, marvel character in the world this it's not it's literally it's not even close you know when it comes to brand recognition for marvel it's spider-man and for dc it's 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 batman and superman i don't know how how close they are but you know it's either one or the other you know for marvel it's it's spider-man you know it's not even close when it comes to worldwide brand recognition of that character you know, we're we're not talking about locking Hawkeye, you know, behind a console. We're not even talking about the Soul Calibur approach of 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 locking a character to each um to each platform. We're talking about a large exchange of money to lock down, you know, Marvel's biggest character to to just a singular platform. Um, and it, and it, and it's not just a, a a character. You know, we're also talking about a mission because according to crystal dynamics there will obviously be a mission to introduce spider-man into the avengers um so that's also you know locking you know you're, you're locking that also uh, uh to playstation look as a person who owns all three of the platforms that this game is is coming to look i'll be honest i don't like it i actually really respected uh, a lot of PlayStation owners even came forward and even they said, like, man, this sucks. Like, I own a PlayStation and even I can admit this is just the absolute antithesis of anti-consumer because that's exactly what it is. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, Sony and Marvel can't – Sony, Marvel, Crystal Dynamics, Square Enix, all four companies involved in this deal cannot weasel their way out of this in terms of, of saying this is pro-consumer, this is great for players it's it's just it's not you know you're not even giving players a time to window um 
so that that's one thing you know along with spider-man playstation owners also get access to the early beta exclusive community challenge and early access to rare character costumes we also learned last week that uh, square enix also created partnerships and inked deals with verizon virgin intel and five gum which is kind of weird to give access to exclusive skins and emotes for the game uh, i think for example miss marvel blowing bubble gum is you can only get that emote i guess from a code by buying five gum or or, or something like that um so from a consumer standpoint this is bad this is very anti-consumer like um you know, the way that I look at this um, is, is that a lot of people are angry at PlayStation. Um, but at the same time, it's not like Xbox has their hands completely clean. You know, Xbox is still paying for timed exclusives. They still do have um, exclusive games that they've snapped up for, for their for their system. It's not like this is completely super new, you know, at all. It's just what makes this kind of go from bad to worse or just really disgusting almost or kind of gross is the fact that you're talking about a multi-platform game where one console has a distinct distinct advantage over the others especially for this type of game where you know square enix has already said that this game is a games as a service is something that they're looking to support for years they've already said that all post dlc characters and missions will be free that most of the money that they're going to be making post launch is all going to be from cosmetic microtransactions emotes skins things like that those are microtransactions you're going to have to pay for them i think there is a way to earn them in the game but people can uh, can use real world money in order to get that quickly um i sort of saw in the beta what their microtransaction screen looks like and it's definitely they're going to go hard with microtransactions i could already see that happening me personally i've never had issue with microtransactions as long as you're not it's not a competitive advantage if it's cosmetic i think that companies should feel free to do whatever the hell they want um but this is just on on a whole nother level now that's going for me as a consumer as a business standpoint this is probably one of the um probably most well-spent checks that sony is gonna is is gonna cut uh for a few reasons number one as i mentioned a little earlier just brand exclusivity with spider-man as a character but you have to think about also the launch of this game where it's um, when it's launching and a few factors number one is as i mentioned no cross play for this game for quite some maybe quite some time they haven't announced any type of cross play um you think about the fact that this game is launched in september we already know for a fact that this game will have a free upgrade to the PlayStation 5 version. Version The PlayStation 5 version will um, uh, support 120 frames per second or 60 FPS mode. So you can kind of choose visuals over performance, which is something that we're used to on PC, which I, I love that we're going to go into this into the console market i love being able to kind of make that choice so think about it like this you're you you own uh both systems right now when this game launches in september i mean let's be honest like you're gonna buy the playstation 4 version like i'm kind of on the fence about this game you know i i don't think it's gonna it's it's a very deep experience but that at the same time 
I've honestly wanted an Incredible Hulk game for like a decade now. I loved the Hulk games when they were out on Xbox 360. So just me, I want, I really, really want to play as the Incredible Hulk. And I feel like for me, that, that earns me the price of admission. Like I'll, I'll, I'll pay whatever I need to pay in order to play as the Incredible Hulk in any game. Um, so for me, it's like this is a, a no-brainer. This is no way I'm, I'm buying this game on on Xbox One. It's it just there's just no reason to. Even though I prefer the Xbox controller, I prefer the Xbox experience. I I prefer achievements over trophies. Um, Spider-Man is just too big of a character to just ignore. Now the 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 other thing about this that makes it smart is that there's no date. So all you're telling people is it's coming in 2021, but I mean, when does Ant-Man come out, right? Ant-Man was a character that they announced was supposed to be a post-launch DLC for a while, a while ago. Then they announced Hawkeye. We don't know the dates of these two characters, but theoretically we know what they look like. We've seen their, their renders. We've seen that. We've seen, um, an Ant-Man, I think it's the Hank Pym version, um, uh, in cutscenes, you know, when Avengers was first shown. So that character might be the first post-launch DLC, followed by Hawkeye. We might not see Spider-Man on PlayStation till the end of 2021. All they said is 2021, and it's ambiguous for a reason, because they want you to pick it up now. They want you to really think about it. So that's another reason why this decision is smart, because we just, we literally don't even know when Spider-Man is coming out. So the other, the third reason why this is really smart is, it, it you 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 might be able to sway someone to buy to upgrade to a PlayStation Five. If you have a PS Four, and you know you know that you'll be able to get the next generation version for free on Xbox or Xbox Series X if you buy the PlayStation version, that might tip you to get a PlayStation Five because you know that when Spider Man comes out at some point. You'll be able to just, you know, you already upgraded your game to the PlayStation 5 version and you'll be able to have access to, to, to Spider-Man. You know, all the angles that this hits is just ridiculous. And this type of game, I look at it as number one, it's actually dropping in a really, really good time. It's September. I think it's a perfect date for this game to drop. It's a multiplayer game. I think it's going to get a lot of traction, you know, in, in terms of social media hits and things like that. But if Square Enix plays their cards right and they're able to work really closely with Marvel and align with, you know, releases and things like that, like, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, when the Bucky Barnes and, you know, I, I, I keep forgetting the name of the, the Falcon and Winter Soldier show comes out. Maybe there's, you know, skins when that TV show comes out or when the Black Widow movie comes out or maybe they, they work with Marvel so that... You know, when the next Doctor Strange movie comes out, you know, Doctor Strange, you know, drops into the game or whatever. This game actually has the lags to last a really long time as long as they play it correctly when it comes to games as a service. And, you know, the Marvel brand is, re is still really, really hot even during all this lockdown. And games are doing really, really good right now. now this is a really, really – this the potential for this license is huge. So I feel like whatever money they paid, it's, man, it, it – I mean, it might have been worth it at the end of the day. Like, uh, you know, it might be a simple, you know, sort of shallow on the surface kind of game. But, you know, sometimes, you know, those types of games are okay. Sometimes, you know, you, you go into a movie theater, you want to see a drama and a thriller. Sometimes you want to just sit back, 
don't really care about the story. You want to just eat your popcorn and watch explosions and gunfire. And that's kind of how I look at this game. It's a popcorn flick type of game. Um, so I, I, I just really feel like this, this, this deal was actually a really good deal from Sony as, as fucked up as it is from a consumer standpoint, as much as I, I dislike it, you know, you don't got to like it, but you got to respect it. In terms of a business move, it, it, it's it's huge. It was a really, really strong move from Sony, especially coming off of the, the Miles Morales news. It's like they're so they're strengthening that connection with Spider-Man as a character. Like I remember rumors um, of Microsoft, you know, paying DC to make Superman, you know, an exclusive Xbox game, you know, from whatever studio, like obviously it was a rumor, who knows if this is true. That's a, that, that will be a huge move from, from, from Microsoft. You can't knock a move like that to be able to pay DC and say, Hey, we want to, you know, this company is making a Superman game. We want to, you know, make it, you know, exclusive or whatever to, to Xbox. That will be a huge move. Something like that. You just, you can't deny that type of brand recognition. Now, with that being said, apparently this is actually just the beginning. According to journalist Imran Khan on a Reset Era forum post, he said, quote, there isn't a major third party out there. Sony failed to approach asking what kind of deals they could work out. Some had content, some had games, some had content and games. It's not like Microsoft was not willing to offer. They just didn't want to pay the asking price because Sony approached with pretty high numbers in the first place. That PlayStation Advantage branding and console-exclusive wording are both going to get a lot of use in the next few years. Now, after Spider-Man was announced on PlayStation's YouTube channel, they released a trailer, and the trailer was called PlayStation Advantage. So it seems that that's their branding moving forward in terms of their console exclusivities. Um, And you don't create something like that you don't just throw out that word you know playstation advantage if you have no intent to be able to strengthen it and continue you know continue to use it it would have been just as 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 simple for them to just put something on their youtube channel as avengers ps5 trailer for example for them to call it playstation advantage that means that what Imran Khan is saying is that that's no bluff. That means that it's something that they're going to continue to build upon. Also, on an episode of Kind of Funny Games last week, Imran expressed that gamers will be genuinely surprised by the game Sony is locking down because of how huge they are. He also states that in a few months we will learn about games that have traditionally launched as multi-platform that Sony is locking down. Now, this is kind of how I felt when Sony announced Deathloop as an exclusive. The first thing I said, I was like, I, I, I can't imagine how much money that they would have had to have paid to make that a console launch exclusive. You know, Deathloop is, is, is a huge game. Like, yes, it's a new IP, but we're talking about the developers behind Dishonored 1 and 2, which were massive critical and commercial successes um, for, for that company uh, and for their publisher, which if i'm not mistaken is bethesda um you know for for them to launch a new ip and to put it exclusively on a console first they must have got paid a lot same way with ghostwire tokyo which if i'm not mistaken is also developed by bethesda sony must have paid them a lot of money now 
that's not to say that Microsoft hasn't done the same. I mean, we just learned last month that, you know, for example, Stalker 2 is going to be a console launch exclusive. We know about that horror game, The Medium, which I, I'm personally looking forward to. That is a con- console launch exclusive. So it's not like Microsoft is complete. Like I said, it's not like their hands are completely clean when it comes to this. It's just, it looks like Sony's about to take it to a whole nother level. And at the end of the day, not even, you know, to reiterate, so not even Sony can say this is anti, uh, this is not anti-consumer. It, it just, it it is. You know, there's no other way to put it. Um, I don't think any consumer likes um, console exclusivity. You know, I, I, I have disliked this for a while, you know. Um you know, even back when Microsoft announced the sequel to Tomb Raider will be exclusive to Xbox, for example, I I didn't like that. I don't like it. I've never liked any type of exclusivity. And Sony has been going to the next level for a while. They've paid exclusivity for weapons and, and missions for Destiny 2. They paid exclusivity to Activision for Call of Duty. Um, you know, and, and we see what that's been able to do for them. They paid Capcom for exclusivity for Street Fighter V. You know, I, I personally don't like it. I don't like that if you own a console, it means that you don't have access to to specific games and experiences. I, I, I've never liked it. I don't like it. Console launch exclusives. I'm actually, I'm, I'm a little soft on, um, but locking games, third-party games, I, I, I don't think that's really... Um, it's definitely anti-consumer from a business standpoint though it, you, like I said you you, you you don't have to love it but you got to respect it you know PlayStation already has you know a really really strong first party lineup and then you add the fact that they're just going to start locking up third parties and third party content I mean if if this is this is just the tip of the iceberg the fact that you know, Spider-Man is exclusive to one console now. Like, you know, these types of decisions can absolutely sway a buyer's decision at the end of the day. Um, and, and it just shows, um, you know, every piece of news, every week that goes by, every month that we get closer to the next gen launch, we're realizing just how different these two companies are being when it comes to their messaging in terms of what the next generation means to them. Whereas Microsoft is saying, I don't, I don't want you to buy the box. I just want you to buy a subscription and you can play the game wherever you want. Whereas Sony is saying, no, forget that. I want you to buy my box. Everything I make is only going to be available in this box. I don't care if you have a PC in order to get these games and get these experiences, you're going to have to buy my box. Um, which is something that traditionally Nintendo has done, which has obviously worked for them as we, we, we've seen with Nintendo Switch. But it's, you know, the one weakness that Nintendo has is they have almost, then third-party support is, support is almost non-existent. And now what we're seeing with Sony is that you're basically getting the best of both worlds. When we think about games of the year for the past few years, it's all Sony. Like we, I mean, Microsoft's not really even part of the conversation when it comes to game of the years. The closest they got was what Gears Five, and even that is not something that I would consider game of the year when it came out. You know, but once we think about game of the year, the the the, the games that are dominating conversations every single year, 
It's PlayStation. Now, it was Death Stranding. It was God of War. It was Horizon Zero Dawn. This year, the conversation is being dominated by Last of Us 2. It's Ghost of Tsushima. Now we're talking about... Now we're, we're, they're dominating the conversation again. We're only talking about PlayStation when it comes to one of the biggest third-party games that are, that are going to come out this year, which is um, which is uh, obviously Marvel's Avengers. Um you just can't knock this business decision. It's it's they understand where they want to be. They understand that we are a hardware manufacturer. We want people to continue to buy our consoles and it's it's going to continue to dominate the conversation because I, I mean I've been saying this for for quite some time. There's absolutely no way. There's nothing Microsoft can do in my opinion that will cause the Xbox Series X to outsell the PlayStation 5 this holiday. I just don't think that there's anything they can do. Literally, absolutely nothing at this point that Microsoft can do. Even if it's, honestly, even if the system is $100 cheaper, I still don't think Microsoft is going to outsell Sony. And that's going to continue to dominate the conversation because of, you know, how shallow information is nowadays. You know, it's people don't like to dig down into information. Once they see... Console sales number is going to be haha. PlayStation is better than Xbox, but for Microsoft, I don't think they care. You know, Microsoft has 10 million Game Pass players and counting. They care about subscription and services, and that's really where they're moving on to the future because they're moving away from boxes. So I think Microsoft is going to continue to stay their course, or while Sony continues to stay their course, I think Microsoft. The best thing they can do right now is they have to spend smart money. I think that I think PlayStation is going to get a little sloppy with their money. I think they're going to spend a little bit of stupid money. You know, we've seen some of the PlayStation exclusives. Like we look at a game like Godfall, for example, that was not smart money in my opinion. So I think Microsoft needs to start spending smart money. So a game like The Medium, in my opinion, that's smart money. So um, that's really where Microsoft needs to go down to. Uh, and we're just going to move into uh, continue to talk about Sony. We're going to talk about the PlayStation state of play that happened last week. I'm going to quickly go through um, some of the announcements that they made. But before I go into it, I just want to start off with saying I, I, I loved it. I loved this state of play. I didn't watch it live. I, I kind of watched it after it happened. Um, but I really liked it for a few reasons. Number one, PlayStation set an expectation they said hey there's not going to be any ps5 hardware news so i like that they kind of came out right from the beginning and kind of said that um that this is just going to be about software we're going to talk a lot a lot about uh, playstation 4 um so i like that they set those expectations i think that with every single state of play that's released i i i can't um praise sony enough in terms of like man you guys are really getting this format uh, correct. It, it seems like they're doing Nintendo Directs even better than Nintendo, especially since we haven't seen Nintendo Direct for quite some time. Um, so I think they're just making all the right moves. I think they they, they finally found that rhythm for State of Plays. Um, and the best thing about this is that it was, it was just all gameplay. Like, look, I, I, I hate I hate CG trailers. I don't like them. I, I, I like it when games are announced and I can see at least even for, for a few moments what the game is going to play like. Uh, so they started off with Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time, which comes out October 2nd. Um, man, it looks, it looks fun, man. It looks really, really good. I like that. It's, it looks like classic Crash Bandicoot, but you know you can tell it's a game that's supposed to exist in this year. 
Um, they announced that you could play the entire game as Coco. You can play as Neo Cortex for a little while. Dingo Dow has his own missions. Um, they announced something called Inverted Mode, um, which I thought was really, really cool. It's like a uh, an incentive to replay the game, but it's not just a simple mirror mode um, or time attack or anything like that. Um, each level has its own unique visual twist. Like they showed one where the entire level is white, but every time you spin, um, it colors in the world. These really, really cool visuals. They showed a level that was like this old timey level with, you know, the, you know, the screen tearing and all that stuff. But then because of it, the level is also sped up a little bit too. So I, I thought that was really cool. Uh, October 2nd, you know, honestly, like this is the best look at the game we've, we've gotten since it was announced. And it's the first time that I actually got a little bit excited about it. Um, so I'm, I, I am looking forward to this game. Um, then they talked about Hitman 3. They announced that the entire Hitman trilogy will support VR. So we know that Hitman 3 is coming out in 2021. I think January is the date that we have for it right now. But they also announced that VR support will be coming to Hitman 1 and 2, which were released in the last few years. VR support for PlayStation VR. Um, honestly, I looked at it. I was like, man, I feel like this will be very difficult for the type of game that Hitman is to play this um in first person or completely first person and play it in vr but uh, i think it will it will introduce a unique challenge and it it looked really good honestly in, in vr sometimes in vr i think that interactions can seem kind of weird um but it looks like they they kind of did it really really right and i think it it kind of almost it was weird watching because it, it almost like turned hitman into a completely to me it was it was almost like a completely different game which i think is what you want out of vr for existing titles you want it to feel like it's not something that's kind of just baked in you know where it feels just like a first person view with vr controllers for example if it looks like um you know they put a lot of work ioi put a lot of work um to 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 make this really work um, then they announced Braid Anniversary Edition. I was a huge, huge Braid fan when it first came out. Braid is, is definitely one of my like longtime recommendations for indie titles and smaller games where I always tell people, don't read up on it. You, know, you definitely don't want anything spoiled. It's probably one of the, not even probably, it's one of the best endings of any video game I've ever played. So if you've never played Braid 100%, I, I think you should pick this up. Comes out early 2021. It is coming out for PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Series X, Nintendo Switch, Windows, Mac, Linux. So it's coming out everywhere, even though this debuted on a state of play. Uh, improved visuals, commentary mode, which I thought was, was, was kind of cool for people like me that have played it again. Um, it might get me to play the game again, which I haven't played since the first launch on Xbox 360 years ago. Um, then they showed off the Pathless for PS5. This was a game that was announced a, a little while back, but this is the first time we're getting an actual look at gameplay. Um, it looks really good. Not gonna lie, it's, it's like you know, for me, I'm, I'm you know, I love open world games, but I'm a an, a sucker for amazing ways to traverse, navigate. And the way that they showed navigation in this game is how quickly you, know, you can sprint around. The fact that um, you know using the bow and arrow is not really about aiming; it's more about timing. Um, you know, I love games that 
make me feel like the character that they're trying to sell. So if you're trying to sell me this character is the absolute most skilled archer you'll ever see, I like the fact that you're giving me the tools to make me feel that um, by, you know, uh, creating, you know, uh, this auto lock system, but then also uh, sort of introducing a challenge because you're kind of introducing timing into it. So it's not like the game is going to be completely e easy with everything being auto lock, which I like. Um, so the navigation, the traversal looks amazing. The fact that you can use, uh, and you have an ego companion that you can pet like that's to me, that's very, very important. Um, and, uh, this is, this is a PlayStation five game. I think it's coming out for PS4. I think it's also Epic game store exclusive, but for console, this is, this is only on PlayStation and uh, the game, looking at this game reminded me of a few months ago when we saw Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, which is also a PlayStation exclusive. Uh, kind of in the sense that it's, it's, it's yet another game that uh, is a smaller title. It's not this big AAA title, but it looks very, very interesting. It looks very, very unique. And I think that's been sony's biggest advantage is whatever team that they built um in terms of third-party relationship outreach that whatever team that they built that those scouts almost like their a and r's that go out into the world looking for games being built finding teams and what they're building and cutting checks as quickly as they can in terms of that talent that they have at Sony, what like I said, whatever men and women that they have that are able to look at a game and say, this is something we want. This is something unique. Like we see right now with Fall Guys, right? We see Fall Guys, you know, sold 2 million copies on Steam in in less than, than, than a week. And the fact that Fall Guys is a PlayStation Plus game at launch that means that someone went out into the world, saw Fall Guys, and said, we want to work with you guys. If we can't get this as console exclusive, we want to cut you this check to, to bring it to PlayStation Plus for the first month. And it's a huge game. I mean, it, it, it's a, it was kind of a surprise hit, kind of came out of nowhere. But it shows you that Sony is really, really, I mean, really good when it comes to spending smart money because all the games that they've shown that are exclusive to this system you go man that's smart money and then you look at microsoft and the games that they're locking up it's like yeah that looks kind of cool but it's not something that gets me excited as a player as a person who loves single player experiences when i look at the game at a game like kenna bridge of spirits when i look at a game like the pathless i'm like shit like this this game just looks very very interesting i want to play this game and that's kind of what i mean by microsoft so when you have something like a company like sony that's not only a spending smart money but b now is saying that the company is, is not, not now what we're learning is that sony has given playstation kind of the, the the code to the vault and is basically telling their PlayStation division, here here's 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 a blank check. Cut as much as you want in order for us to continue growing this gaming division. I mean, man, the the the, the next few months to a year are going to be extremely interesting. But as of right now, I mean like look, if you're thinking of man, should I buy a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox? 
Like, yes, the value proposition of Game Pass cannot be kind of brushed aside, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, it's all about the games. It's always been about the games. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough to live a life where I know that I'm not going to have to make a choice. I know I'm going to get both of these consoles, but if I'm someone that has to make a choice and I'm a gamer gamer, meaning that I want as many separate experiences, new, unique experiences I can get my hands on. I mean, PlayStation is the absolute choice at this point. Now, if you're a budget gamer and you're saying like, look, and you can look at Game Pass and look at that list of games and say, man, I already see 20 games I want to play. And that's obviously the way to go. But if you're looking for new, unique experiences, when you look at a game like The Pathless, it's like, damn, PlayStation is really the place to be. Uh, they announced Spelunky 2 coming out September 15, 2020. It's kind of confusing. I'm not really sure if this is exclusive to PlayStation. Uh, honestly, I, I couldn't figure out the answer. Genshin Impact which to me looked like a, a JRPG Breath of the Wild mod. This was a game to me that honestly just didn't look interesting to me, but I could see why it would be appealing to a bunch of people. Uh, Aeon Must Die, which is a PlayStation exclusive. Once again, another game that just looks amazing. It just looks unique. It looks different. You know, the trailer did a really, really good job of kind of shrouding the game in mystery with the voiceover and the music. You know, the cyberpunk, you know, visuals that they had, the character, the, the character and enemy design. It was a game that I looked at. I was like, I don't even know how this game is supposed to play, but it, it just looks really good. There was a bit of a controversy after the, the the game was shown. Apparently, a bunch of people were saying that the IP was stolen. Uh, I guess a, a, a couple of ex-employees of the developer kind of came forward saying that they were underpaid just kind of a, a little bit of a big mess that that took away from the announcement a little bit but we don't really know the full story so i didn't really want to dive too deep into it um but it, it I, outside of that which is un extremely unfortunate of all if all of this uh turns out to be true um the game just like i said just looks very very unique they showed a game called Anno Mutationum, which is a part of their China Hero Project coming December 2020. These are PlayStation exclusive games. They entered into some deals with a couple of um, Chinese studios in order to, uh, to create games exclusively for the PlayStation. Uh, I'll be honest, this looked bad. <laughs> it just didn't look something like something that was really, really good. It almost looked like it wasn't really ready to show or you could tell like maybe the, the studio that built it was really, really small. Um, so hopefully it continues to uh, improve the more that we see it. Um, but to me, it just you know, it didn't look like anything I would be interested in. Uh, they showed off a little bit more of Bucksnacks. They finally showed uh, gameplay for it. Uh, this game kind of looks like one of those games like it's, it's, it's so weird that it, it might dominate conversations when it does release. Uh, to me, uh, yeah, just not really my type of game. Uh, they showed off a new chapter for Vader Immortal uh, for PSVR. Um, looks fun, I guess, if you're into VR. Um, Control AWE, which is an expansion for Control, coming out August 27th. Um, I thought that PlayStation had an exclusivity or a timed window for DLC for Control, but I guess it doesn't extend to this one because the date shown is for all platforms, which is August 27th. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm sort of half excited about this because number one, I do not, I no longer own control because I sold it. I did not like control as much as everyone else did, but I also like Alan Wake. So there's a part of me that's sort of interested in terms of, um, what the story of this, um, DLC is going to be, but I don't think I'm going to go as far as purchasing the game again to go through the DLC. I'm just kind of interested in terms of how, you know, Alan Wake, uh, plays into it. And I think I'm kind of okay with just reading or watching a video about it. Uh, auto chess was announced for a PlayStation come out October 31st, the pedestrian January, 2021. This game looks really, really interesting. Definitely looks like my type of game. Uh, then a new game was announced called hood outlaws and legends. Um, which when I saw the CG trailer, I was just like, you know, I, I I'm so kind of numb to CG trailers. And then they showed the gameplay right after. And I was like, man, the CG trailer looked way cooler <laughs> than, than the gameplay that was shown. Um, it sort of looks like this 4v4 PvPVE type of, of multiplayer experience coming to PlayStation 5. Um, I, I'll wait till I see more. The game looked a little bit rough when they showed it, but I still like that they at least showed some gameplay to give us a sense of what type of game we were looking at. Uh, Temtem was announced as coming to PlayStation 5. This game was previously slated to be coming to Xbox One and PlayStation 4 and Switch. It seems that now they've moved development over to PS5, Xbox Series X, and Nintendo Switch. Uh, and then they ended it by showing Godfall. Um, I think I said this the last time I spoke about Godfall on the show, which is Godfall is the Rise Son of Rome of this generation. Like for those that remember Rise Son of Rome that launched for Xbox One X, it was one of those games that um, looked really good, but equally looked very very shallow and i think this game looks even more shallow <laughs> than uh rise son of rome um the game is probably without argument one of the prettiest uh games prettiest busiest games i've ever seen that it the, let me rephrase that it's the prettiest most boring game <laughs> i think we've seen in a long time i mean the game just looks so boring it um it doesn't look like they're really focusing on story or lore or world building you know the the world just looks really boring they're, they're kind of going with that old cliche of like fire air earth you know wind or uh, i think those were the four elements they were using um you know these old just tired you know, cliches almost of, of what this game, you know, is it, it almost looks like one of those games that I think will be even boring to work on. Like it just looks so uninspired. Um, no, the combat and the gameplay looks kind of cool. It might be fun, you know, when playing with, I think, I think it supports three player multiplayer. Um, but definitely, like I said, it's, it's one of the few, missteps i will say from sony like i i think that this is a check that they cut that will not pay off and seeing as this is coming from from the same uh dev as borderlands 3 they probably demanded 
a big amount of money to make this a console exclusive. And as far as we know, it's not a timed exclusive. Maybe it's something that's behind the scenes is timed to like a year, two years maybe. Um, but I don't see Sony renewing that. So maybe this might come to other consoles at some point. But this game just looks like the the most typical launch game <laughs> you know you can think of which is something that visually looks kind of cool the lighting is cool particle effects are nice but it just looks so boring even the enemies just look so boring um and that's really how they ended the show but overall even with godfall being <laughs> what it is i think overall for what it was i think the sega play was amazing it was awesome Uh, it's something that i think you know microsoft i feel like is last in line when it comes to direct to consumer video information i think they're just awful at it i think nintendo set the precedent sony took took notes and and made it their own with the state of play uh and i think microsoft is sort of like the last in line when it comes to like guys this is how you this is how you do it Stop announcing games. Stop showing CG. You got to show gameplay. You got to get people excited for something. And you just can't do it if it's just all completely CG. I think they're getting better. Like their their um, presentation last month was good. They just have to kind of continue on that path. Hot releases for the week. August 11th, uh, we have Hyperscape for PC, PS4, and Xbox One, which is super weird. I was just talking to a friend of mine yesterday about Hyperscape. I was like, what the hell happened to this game? Um, and uh, I guess I wasn't even aware that it it was um, not even out yet. Um, I remember talking to him when they first announced the game. I was like, it seems like they're, like, it's just so sloppy the way that they announced it. It leaked, and then it was only available to streamers, and then it was like a closed beta, and then it was kind of open. Uh, the messaging was just kind of super all over the place. I think Ubisoft really dropped the ball. And I think they're going to suffer from it because, once again, the game comes out tomorrow or officially launches tomorrow. And I guarantee you we're still going to be talking about Fall Guys for the rest of the week. Uh, August 12th, Metamorphosis, PC, PS4, Switch, Xbox One. August 13th is Bite the Bullet, Linux, Mac, PC, and Switch. Dying Light, Hell Raid, Expansion for PC. August 14th. We have Bite the Bullet coming to Xbox One. Dying Light Hellraid Expansion comes to PS4 and Xbox One. Car Mechanic Simulator Classic and Cooking Simulator come out to Xbox One. And then EA Sports USC 4 comes out to PS4 and Xbox One August 14th. Now time to wrap it up. These are stories we didn't have quite time to get to. Street Fighter V's final season was announced last week. And we'll introduce Don, Dan, Rose, Oro, and Akira or Akira Kazama of Rival Schools, which got me super excited. I'm not a fighting game fan. I don't like fighting games, but I love watching Street Fighter V competitively, and I'm really excited to see. Oro was one of my favorite characters in like Street Fighter history. I love him. Now, it's a guy who, who was so good, he cut his own arm off. He only fights... I, I just loved him as a character. So I'm really happy that they're bringing him back. I think Dan is, is... Dan is one of those characters that should be in every single Street Fighter. Dan was the the character that, you know, if if you went to the arcade and you lost to someone using Dan, you just had to leave immediately. You weren't allowed to play anymore. Um, and it's it's just... I, I love and hate that Street Fighter is bringing uh, Akira of Rival Schools um, 
excuse me, that Capcom is bringing his character to Street Fighter V. I love and hate it um, because it, it it makes me feel like maybe they'll 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 revitalize rival schools, but at the same time, seeing this, it makes me feels like they sort of probably won't. Um, but maybe this is maybe their way of gauging interest in, in in reviving that franchise. Nintendo has announced Pikmin 3 Deluxe releasing on Switch October 30th with full story mode, co-op, new side missions, lock on targeting, and new difficulty options. Uh, this is cool, I guess. Um, but I guarantee you this is not what Nintendo fans want. I think Nintendo's been... As, I mean, they're selling so many consoles... But the problem was that Nintendo set such a strong precedent, such a strong first-party precedent when it came to Nintendo Switch. It felt like hit after hit in year one going into year two. You know, we're talking about Odyssey. We're talking about Zelda. We're talking about Super Smash. You know, we're talking about Splatoon 2. They had such a strong first-party lineup. And now it seems like that well is drying up, especially after the delay of Metro Prime. Um, and I've been saying this for a while that Nintendo is going to start hurting because third-party support is going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. And you can see it right now. They're really feeling those effects where, you know, it's not like it's going to affect their hardware, but those core Nintendo gamers that are, are owning that hardware, I'm, I'm sure, are, are kind of frustrated right now. Rocksteady has finally confirmed the long-rumored Suicide Squad game for confirmation that we'll get more info during DC Fandom, which takes place on August 22nd. Like anything Rocksteady, touch, Rocksteady touches to me is gold. I still think the Batman trilogy is one of the greatest trilogies of all time in video games. To me, this company can do no wrong. So you're giving me a Suicide Squad game as a service multiplayer, I'm completely in. Uh, apparently, a couple people were surprised that they announced this game uh, using a tweet. First of all, the image was just phenomenal. You know, the logo was super cool. You know, using uh, uh, Superman as a target, I thought was a really, really great way to introduce it. I sort of look at it as, as this is just the start of their campaign. Maybe at some point we'll we'll see another image. Um you know, using another DC hero. For those that don't follow an artist named Boss Logic, he actually did it uh, for Rocksteady, which I found kind of funny because I looked at it and he did like Wonder Woman, Batman, and I think The Flash using the same logo. And I looked at it, I was like, I wonder if someone Rockstar is sort of angry because I can't imagine that they weren't about to do the same thing uh, because I feel like that that's kind of what they were working towards um but we'll have to wait and see i'm personally excited uh and finally white xbox controllers branded as compatible with xbox series s have popped up all over the internet now this rumor uh popped up yesterday and it got stronger as the day went by the first time as soon as i saw the leaked box i said this looks kind of fake i'll be honest to me it looked when I, and it was mostly because of the name of the controller. I was like, what kind of a stupid name for a controller is Robot White? That seems kind of weird. And then the branding of the box didn't really change. It just looked um, like all their other boxes. Um, but I was proven wrong. It actually is uh, completely real. Apparently, there are retailers that already have this controller and are selling it. I mean, it makes the utmost sense uh, for, for Microsoft um, to start branding their controllers um, across a wide array. Um, but obviously this this kind of leaked what we already knew was the truth, which is that Xbox Series S is going to be the name of their lower end model, which um, we already expected them to announce 
this month. So now we already know when Microsoft has their game showcase for August, which they've already confirmed, even though they don't have a date, they're definitely going to show off the Xbox Series S. Um, and that's it for our show. Shout out to longtime Street Fighter producer Yoshinori Ono, who announced that he is leaving Capcom after almost 30 years of service. Um, I've personally met Ono um, a few times, and I will say um, you'd be hard-pressed to find a person that is more passionate and loved more that that loved their job more than Yoshinori Ono. I mean, the guy was just plugged in. Like he was definitely one of those um people that you understand that uh, you know their job, this is a job for them. They're representing a, a a brand and they work for a company, but when you saw Ono and he came out at Evo and he talked about Street Fighter and he talked about the game. He talked about Capcom. He talked about the players and, and, and the game itself, the competitive the competitiveness of it. You truly felt like the man was listening and you knew for a fact that he really, really honestly cared about the game and the fan base and the audience. And he wanted to make sure that if you spent money on Street Fighter, if you came to watch uh, Evo or the Capcom Cup um, that that you were really enjoying the 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 competition. So it's really sad to see him go. Um, I mean, who knows what his next step is? I kind of don't see it. I don't I don't see this as um, him going to another company. This probably means that he's probably um, gonna found his own company or or be at the head of some sort of a new company that he's. Uh, gonna create I, I feel like you don't do what you did for Capcom for 30 years and then just leave and join another company um, he seems like the type of, of, of person where it's not really about the check it's about me doing what I love and um, you know hopefully what he's doing next is is something that he loves and, and I, I hope it's his, it's his own thing the guy the guy earned it he deserves it the guy's amazing um, and that's it for our show thank you so much for joining me please follow us on twitter and instagram at camp koji for future updates once again i'm joel and i will see you next week